0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true, it's damn true.
1: Great weekend. We're back. It's episode 154. I know you have been anticipating this one. It's our Undertaker fantasy draft. This is Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com. I've got three ultra talented men on the line with me for this big one. First, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Joint, as I introduce you and welcome you back to Top Rope Nation, I, w- I want to ask you what's your earliest memory of watching The
2: Undertaker? It, it had to have been uh Renting Survivor Series 1990 and uh scaring the bejesus out of a uh 10-year-old uh Justin. <laughs> I think that's going to be a common thread
1: for us. Uh Kyle Ross, back from Cleveland, Ohio, what what's your earliest memory of this, of Mark Calloway?
3: I guess it would be the special update with Gene Okerlund where he talked about quote Kane the Undertaker. Mhm. Yeah. You know you those remember that? I thought you might say Mean Mark. To
1: be honest with you, I thought you might have some memories of that.
3: No, Go I real not. deep on us. No, no, I I would not have started watching NWA slash WCW until he was gone. Okay.
1: Yeah, I I would echo Justin's statement. I I was pretty uh, as a young young kid in the early '90s. I was pretty scared of this guy when I saw him on TV. I remember they used to say stuff like. When he would come out, the temperature got would drop in the arena. I remember being a little kid, thinking, "My God, I wonder if that's serious. Do they like turn down the <laughs> thermostat or something, or you know, what's what's going on?" But yeah, I was. I remember being just watching him, kind of chewing my fingernails. I was. I was definitely scared of him.
2: I mean, the 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 way he worked was so unique, and it was definitely you know that Mike Myers thing, and it was truly eerie watching that as a kid. You think he. <laughs> He's freaking invincible.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll echo what's always said about him. Definitely, I think, the greatest character in the history of wrestling. And it's going to be a lot of fun to go through his matches here as we do this fantasy draft. And with that, I want to welcome in our special guest for the show. When we did the Ric Flair draft, we had a special guest on the line. And I thought we should do that for this one, too. So we are joined tonight by longtime pro wrestling writer for Forbes. I've been reading his work for years. Very, very familiar with him. He's a super talented individual. He's now also the host of the Pro Wrestling Bits uh, video series on YouTube. And uh, the reason I got in touch with this guy is I did the Gully Blanchard podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. And when I want to get a feel for that show, I thought, let me listen to his most recent show. And he had our guest tonight on the week before I was on. And he was a great interview, so I thought I might as well reach out to him. I've been reading his writing over on Forbes for years, and I was very happy that he accepted the invite. So with that, let me welcome to the show Mr. Alfred Kanoa. Alfred, welcome to Top Rope Nation.
4: Thank you. It's so good to be here. You guys are too kind. And I'm very excited for this. You guys have a great show here. I'm so excited to be on and uh and thank you just thank you for being on and i think i'm gonna win this draft i feel very good about it
1: <laughs> you might uh if you look at what the <laughs> listeners thought of the of the rick flair draft i have to admit kyle ross took home the victory i put out the graphic on the twitter page on our instagram page and we did a vote and kyle you were the victor I'm I, I would argue- have to admit
2: I'd argue that only 14% of our listeners know what's up.
1: (laughs) That was a vote total that Justin took home. Yes. So, Kyle. I would argue that maybe America's not as bad as I said it was in the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) I would argue that not enough people have seen that match that Ric Flair had in 1990 with Brian Pillman, or more of them would have voted for me. But, hey, I'll I'll take second place. I think I got second place. So, Kyle, congratulations. We'll see how this one shakes out. I'll make a graphic. I'll put it on our social media. We'll see who wins. But uh, before we get to the draft, Alfred, I, I, I mentioned off-air. We kind of talked about the last ride a little bit on our Thursday episode. You were not part of that show, so I wanted to give you a chance to talk about what did you think of the last ride in general? Uh, we kind of talked about on Thursday what what we thought were the best episodes of it and just what were your big takeaways from watching the series.
4: I had very mixed feelings watching The Last Ride. I just first wanna state that I thought it was a phenomenal documentary. I thought it was excellently done. Um, Secondly, just I'm so used to watching The Undertaker throughout his entire career. My entire life watching wrestling, The Undertaker's been around, and he's always been around as The Undertaker character. Even in his interviews, he's one of those guys, and they get into this in the doc, where he doesn't break character. So to go through this documentary, I don't think I'm gonna re-watch it as great as it was because I just did not ever feel 100% comfortable watching The Undertaker take a selfie or like, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> yeah. such a jarring. it's like for years and decades, he just protected his character and then overnight, they're like, okay, now we have this uh, documentary on The Undertaker and you see everything. And that was kind of unsettling. And then it was also kind of sad to see just I don't think he's ever going to retire, even though he said he did. He's just in the <laughs> system where Vince McMahon is addicted to him, and he's addicted to pro wrestling, and and they just enable each other. And it's really a toxic relationship. So it's just you see The Undertaker going through these cycles where he just keeps coming back, whether he has a good match or a bad match, and it's actually kind of sad to see.
3: Can yep. I ask my question now? Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, because that was such a perfect lead, and I'm sorry. I didn't want to start, like, just jumping all over everyone. <laughs> uh, Alfred, God, that was such a perfect lead. in So on our last episode, I mentioned I had three takeaways. We ran out of time, only got to two of them, but this is a great question with another person here to talk to. Perhaps I'm crazy here, but as I watched The Last Ride, a thought struck me. Was this documentary Vince McMahon's attempt at doing his version of the movie The Wrestler? (laughs) Hmm,
4: That is very... That's an excellent point. I, I don't think that's what Vince McMahon was actively doing or looking for, but maybe it was a response to the wrestler. Like, maybe there's a sentiment out there about what an old wrestler looks like, and this is, like, in some ways, Vince McMahon's clapback. I could absolutely see that.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: This I, is why I asked that. I think what you just said is spot on, Alfred, because this is a more, I don't know, if glorified or what glamorous is the word I'm looking for. Yeah version of the wrestler like so there's some very real issues going on with mark calloway right but at the same time he's having these issues and it's like he gets to come back and work wrestlemania it's not you know to use wwe term some vfw Hall or some bingo hall right Hmm. like he's still getting to participate at the highest level of the industry but there still is, like you said, this toxic relationship and the inability to let go, chasing the pop, Triple H talk. I you know, we know Vince didn't like the wrestler on the movie until it, you know, gained Oscar buzz and then yeah. he, you know, brought in Mickey Rourke for SMA twenty-five. I kind of think that it this was his version of the it's like, oh, well, you know, guys can whether intentional or not, it was just, hey. You know, here's a guy at the end of the road, but, hey, the end of the road can be glamorous, and let's show you how it can be glamorous. Because I mean the Undertaker still li- – um, you know, whatever his financial issues are, he's still obviously doing pretty well.
4: That's an excellent point. And with the world the way it is where everything's on surveillance and everybody can Google anything – The need for Vince McMahon to control a narrative like what happens to a wrestler after they retire, this is part of that propaganda. And if we see more and more documentaries, which I do think we will see more documentaries about people at the end of the rope, but they're going to be whitewashed versions where you see them put out to pasture, but on a grand stage, like you said. So yeah, I could absolutely see that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think think Alfred made a good point, too, about the relationship between Vince and And The Undertaker are this kind of toxic, they feed off of each other relationship. I think you saw that with the Extreme Rules moment where Taker came to the back and he was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm done. And if you watch Vince, you can kind of tell, like, he doesn't want to say yes to that. He's like, yeah, well, you know, whatever you want, we can talk about it kind of thing. But, like, he wants him back. And Taker left it open by saying, you know, I think I'm retired, but, you know, break the glass in case emergency. Maybe I'll come back. He's leaving it open. He's thinking about it. So I, I would be shocked if we've seen the end of The Undertaker. But I, I, I agree, Kyle. I think this was, uh, this was their best attempt to write the narrative of the end of his career.
2: Uh, I think you'd be giving Vince too much credit, artistic credit, <laughs> to, <laughs> to say that he was making his wrestler. I think they're just dollar bills floating around in his head. Yeah.
1: It is interesting that they had the foresight to make this across several years, though you know starting to i guess make this back in 2017 but uh i guess they got cameras on people all the time but it, it, it was a long-term project no doubt about it I, I and know i pe- jokes on thursday kind of turned into groundhog day yeah it was kind of the same yeah, it, thing it like- yeah yeah, we 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 said on the Thursday show Alfred, I think we all agreed that episodes 2 and 5 felt like the strongest, with 2 being like his redemption training to have the better match at 34, which didn't really turn into much of a match, but it was, you know, ended up coming across good, and then 5 where he's kind of coming to grips, you know, with the end of his career. W- what do you think about that? Were 2 and 5 the strongest to you or did you have something else you preferred?
4: Yeah, 2 and 5 definitely had the biggest status quo changes in terms of the documentary moving forward. My personal favorite episode was episode four, I think did the best job of creating the narrative of what The Undertaker's situation was, and really those honest interviews with all those wrestlers, kind of comparing wrestling to a drug, I think if you were to choose one part of this documentary to watch so that you could understand what the Undertaker situation was and like the essence of this documentary, I'd say episode four was very good for that. But the finale was spectacular and and two and five were great. I have no complaints of any of the episodes, but four was my favorite and, and followed very closely by number five.
1: Mm-hmm. OK, good enough. So before we get to this draft, I want to get to a couple of housekeeping items. As always, we're members of the Blue Wire podcasting network. Check out bluewirepods.com for all of your podcasting needs, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, NFL, MLB, which is on its way back, uh, movies, entertainment, bluewirepods.com has the show for you. Uh, While you're at it, head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit us up with five stars, click that subscribe button while you're there. Uh, I've mentioned this the last couple of weeks on the show. When we get to 100 ratings for the show on Apple Podcasts, I will be giving away a Top Rope Nation prize pack on the air. We got to get to 100 ratings. It's very, very simple, especially if you have an iPhone. Just search Top Rope Nation, scroll to the bottom of the page, click the fifth star. That's it. When we get to 100 ratings, I'll go ahead and send out a Top Rope Nation prize pack to one lucky listener. You can also find the show on Spotify, TuneIn, TopRopeNation.com, Podbean, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. And if you really want to be a supporter of the show, head on over to Patreon. It's Patreon.com slash TopRopeNation. We do bonus shows over there, exclusive content you can only find on our Patreon page. We've just had a new edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Podcast drop you'll be hearing a uh, little bit of that show as a free preview on our podcasting feeds here at the end of this week but if you want to hear the whole show on king of the ring 93 sign up for the patreon page you get access to all of those bonus shows plus a free gift in the mail so check it out
0: everybody's got a price for the million dollar man so without further ado i will introduce to you now my mystery partner led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley, I give you The Undertaker. (laughs) The Undertaker, the mystery partner, is now revealed. I never heard of him. Holy cow! Look at the size of that ham
1: hock. Check out them drumsticks, baby.
0: 320 pounds, looks to be 6'9", 6'10", somewhere in that neighborhood, right? Six, 6'10", I don't know, it's hard to tell from here. Holy cow! And look at the look on the face!
1: I don't, do you think it's his coffee? So the way this draft is going to work, fellas, four rounds, snake style. Before we went on the air, I did a drawing, a random drawing. I even sent a video to Justin and Kyle, so they knew that I, you know, I wasn't uh, pulling any tricks or anything here. This was all honest. It was legitimate. It was on the level. Well, and- no frozen
2: <laughs> envelopes. If, if, the, if the fix was in, you wouldn't have ended up with the fourth pick.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Because I didn't want, I did not want the fourth pick, and that's what I got. So the draft order is Kyle, then Alfred, then Justin, and then me at number four, and then we'll snake back. We'll do four rounds. So with that said, Mr. Kyle Ross, the winner of the Ric Flair draft, it's round one, pick one. What do you got?
3: Okay. So... I have a question before I make my pick. I think Uh-oh. there's probably two matches that everyone's... We all agree what the top three are going to be in some various order. I think we all know what three is going to be, but... I think the debate is going to be one and two. Do we think that age plays a role in, yes. what, in who, what you would take one in this draft?
2: Do you mean like how old you were when you
3: saw it? Yeah, like, for instance, if you're like, I don't know, say a 39-year-old person like me, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> you're biased in this. Whereas if you were 29 years old, you're definitely taking one up. Uh, But if you're 39, you might go the other way.
4: I think it will, yes. I think ages does play in that way. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay. Well, I'm 39 years old, and I'm taking Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker and Hell in a Cell and Bad Blood 97. A cage
0: no one can enter. Shawn Michaels has his date with destiny. Destiny No man can escape. Undertaker, I'm gonna take you down, put you down, and bury you underneath that ring. There's nowhere to run. There's only one way out. Nowhere to hide. And that's over. My dead body. No one to stop the carnage. Who the hell I am? Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker. Hell in a Cell. I can never rest in peace. WWF bad blood in your house. Live this Sunday on pay-per-view
3: of the look. Spoiler alert. I assume Sean Taker matches are going to go in the top three. The, the WrestleMania matches will probably go next of those three. This one's a little different. I think it's the most different. Um, I guess it's just a matter of preference and maybe a matter of age. You
2: know, uh, for for me, I I agree that that, that's probably his greatest match of all time. Uh, For me, I I threw in value, and for me, it it dropped because of that, because I have so many Hell in a Cell matches on my big board uh, that I I found the WrestleMania matches to be a little bit more valuable. Hmm. That's an interesting way to look at it,
3: because I was kind of looking at, well, I'm getting his greatest opponent, Sean, and I'm getting (laughs) his greatest gimmick match, Hell in a Cell, because you're right, I have a ton of Hell in a Cell matches high on this board. So, you know, kind of best of both worlds. Hey, it's his best opponent. Hey, it was his best gimmick match. I'm going with it. Um, Assuming Alfred takes what I think he's going to take at number two,
2: I would not fault him. And, you know, you you can't really argue with my logic because it's the same logic I used when taking the... Uh, 92 rumble match for rick flair and that worked out really well for for me I, no 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 it didn't <laughs> you're 14 percent of the vote hey just so it you was know, a great
3: pick by the way justin my buddy chad totally thought you were right for taking that number one
2: well chad's a smart
1: guy <laughs> there you go maybe chad can send justin some of that fine ohio craft beer in the mail some kind of consolatory prize <laughs> I would not refuse it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Alfred, what do you got number two?
4: Well, I have legacy baked into a lot of my picks. And this match, you could argue, is Undertaker's most famous match. One of the most famous pro wrestling matches of all time. I'm going Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell. King of the Ring 98. You call me, oh. you call me crazy, <laughs> but I'm taking that match As the number one, as long as it's on the board, because this is a match where people who don't watch wrestling, it's one of the few matches that they'll comment to me about, oh, Undertaker, Mankind, and that sound effect and whatnot. I'm putting that smack dab on my board. I know you guys are going to be biased toward the WrestleMania match, and there hopefully will be some available for me, but I don't see how we go anywhere in this draft without Undertaker and Mankind, Hell in a Cell. This is a match that put Hell in a Cell on the map, and it's still one of what's supposed to be one of WWE's most important gimmicks.
0: preparing to endure is inhuman. How they will put their bodies on the line here is beyond description. Oh, and oh, The Undertaker look. says- He's doing it. You want me up there? You wanna come up there and fight? I'm gonna come up and whip your butt. Oh My gosh. No, he may not make it up. What's gonna happen here? Undertaker fighting back. He's fighting back. They're right above us, folks. And I don't like it a damn bit. Oh my God. Look out! At- oh!
3: You know Ryan what? Ryan is so happy right
1: now. <laughs> well, I don't know if I am, to be honest with you. I guess I'll get one of the Mania matches, which is good. But I, I got to tell you, I was going to choose this one. I'm going to have the two consecutive picks, end around one, early round two. I was definitely going to make this one of those two picks. I if think this one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, I, I agree with what you said. It, it's, while it's not like a great in ring match, it's freaking iconic and it's got to be towards the top. I I have this very high on my board. I I wouldn't have taken it number two overall personally, but I can see the rationale for doing it, but I was going to take it with one of my two upcoming picks, so I can't fault you too much, Alfred.
2: So, okay, my thoughts on it is I totally agree. I think it's probably, not probably, I think it's Undertaker's probably most iconic match. Uh, I docked it because, to me, it's a Mankind match. I think you could have put a lot of other guys in the Undertaker spot and gotten that exact same match. I mean, I think Kane could have done everything that Undertaker did in that match. Oh, that's interesting. So
4: that is a great point, but that was – I don't think anybody would be as into – I think there would be a demand to stop the match if anybody other than the Undertaker was in it. I think it had to be one of these crazy Undertaker matches for a guy to almost die and people to keep chanting for it to keep going on. I think if it was anybody else – It'd be like, what are these two guys doing and they're killing each other? Like, we got to stop this match. Like, I don't think it would have continued if it was anybody else.
3: Yeah. They it didn't... is. the Sorry, go ahead, Kyle. It is the most famous match that will be taken during this draft. I would argue, and perhaps one of the three of you could maybe offer some pushback, or maybe you'll all agree. I think it's one of the f- probably five most famous matches in company history. Yeah. SportsCenter think... retweets it. hmm Okay, I mean, they're not retweeting – any of our, you know, any of the Sean matches.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, t- to the point of you could put anyone in there, that might be true. Um, but I do think there is an a- it, there's an added element of the fact that these two had a great rivalry, you know, for the previous two years. And that history certainly added to the story of the match. So, you know, I, I agree that if you put a stand in, like the match would have went off probably just as well. But if you look at it as a fan and you're and you're deep diving a little bit and you look at the storied history that Taker and Mankind had going back to '96, it at least for like a a, a long term fan, it kind of it added another element of greatness to that match. I think. So
3: the fact the Undertaker's a big star helps. You know, I mean, if yeah. it was like you know Al Snow or something hideous like that. I mean, it, <laughs> I maybe it wouldn't have been re- remembered quite as well. Yeah. All right, Justin, what do you got? Number three overall.
2: Well, I guess I will take the uh, match that was number one on my board, and that would be WrestleMania 25. The match that, uh, when I was in uh, my second Dark Age, it it kind of sparked the initial interest where I kind of started paying attention to wrestling again, just because of all the buzz around it. uh, An argument could be made for better or worse. It changed uh, wrestling in WWE with, you know, getting more false finishes and whatnot. Um, I, for one, I'm pro false finishes as long as you know it's not a you know too overdone. Uh, but I, I, this is just you know, along with every match that's been picked so far, an absolutely iconic match.
0: WrestleMania. There he is, the Prince of Darkness, the Gravesite a man who's never lost at WrestleMania. To sixteen souls I've buried. Let there be light. The Undertaker represents the purest form of evil. He walks amongst the shadows where I thrive in the spotlight. You are looking at the Heartbreak
2: Kids, the showstopper, the main event. You see, it's very important to
0: understand. I am not afraid of The Undertaker. We've
1: been having quite the discussion off air about this one over the last couple of days and the fact that it didn't get five stars in the Wrestling Observer newsletter from Mr. Dave Meltzer. In fact, Taker's <laughs> only had one five star match by Dave Meltzer, and that was the uh, Bad Blood 97 match that went overall. So that was kind of shocking. A four and three quarters in the Observer. I think that's ludicrous. It should have been a five star match, but yeah.
3: and Meltzer pointed out that not only like did you see this tweet somebody re-shared it today that not only did he see better wrestling matches, but he'd also had better sex with unnamed partners <laughs> than this match? That was Dave what?
1: Meltzer, yes, those were his words. <laughs> <laughs> he was very defiant when people asked him about that. Yeah. He I, gets
3: <laughs> order. So I'm gonna say something. I was not an automatic five stars when I saw Taker and Sean at Mania 25. And it's kind of along the lines of what Justin said about the Hell in the Soul. I, was, I watched it, I'm like, well, they worked a certain style that, like, if anyone works that style, it's going to be a match of the year contender. But as the next couple of years wore on, I'm like, you know what? That's true, my original thought, but because it's Taker with the streak and Shawn, Mr. WrestleMania, that did add a certain cachet that you know, you know, two other guys just wouldn't have had. Mm. It, it isn't at no at no worse at worst, I should say. It's the third best WrestleMania match of all time. It's probably the second best WrestleMania match of all time.
1: Yeah. No, and many, many people are going to call it the greatest. And I can't argue too much with them. I would pick WrestleMania 13, which I know you yes. would too, Kyle. But it, it is a great uh, I match. I would argue
3: with them. I, I think <laughs> the only match that I will say is definitively better than that, as far as WrestleMania goes, is Bretton and Steve. So I, I can see why
1: newer fans would like this one better because it's more the style of today. This was one of the first matches where I remember the multiple kickouts of the multiple finishers. I could be wrong on that, but... In my, in my head, at least, this is, like, one of the first times I remember that happening, which had me jumping out of my chair because that was unusual. Now, that's, like, way overdone in wrestling today. But this is what kind of changed that stylistically, I think. And that's what made it so unique, you know, back in 2009 when this match happened.
3: I mean, Austin and Rock did it at 17, but – Not to really... this
1: degree. Yeah, they no, did. No, and
4: I don't think you really saw it again until this. yeah. You guys brought up uh, Austin and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13, which is a viable contender for greatest match of WrestleMania history with this one. But the reason I would take WrestleMania 25 over that is because Austin and Bret, I think, were helped by the legacy. Even though it was a great match, that made Austin, he went on to become this big star. And that's kind of the match that we can trace back to as the start of his real big ascent. With this match, as soon as I saw it, as soon as it was over, one, two, three, I was like, that's the best WWE match I've ever seen. I knew it immediately. And it, just the emotion of that match and everything that went into the build and the the Jim Ross just freaking out when those kickouts happened, I think just immediately I knew it was the best match that I'd ever seen to that point.
3: Yeah. See, think- I'll argue the counter that the legacy is the reason why I would put Brett Austin number one.
4: But that, that, that's, big- yeah, that's what the thing. Saying. Saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, you got, they- it, It's helped by the passing of time and knowing what it what, what Austin went on to become as a result really of that match. Uh, but with the Undertaker, I don't think Undertaker and Shawn Michaels needed that much time for you to say, um, immediately, the, the immediate reaction to that match was, this is the best WWE match I've ever seen. This is uh, through a lot of people I follow.
2: Hey, Ryan, mm-hmm. when you put the poll out for this draft, will you make sure you attach Alfred's quote talking about this match for me? Because I, I think he's really selling it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, well, now
3: I'm going to have to downgrade it, I believe. So, well, here's the thing. No, he, what Alfred brings up is an interesting point as far as how people rate matches. For me, I do not go just bell to bell in a vacuum. The build matters and the legacy matters of a match. Like, if you watch a great match and it's kind of, like, forgotten, you know, you know, like Meltzer, I think, gave, like, some NXT match at When Worlds Collide four and three-quarter stars. Anyone on this podcast right now tell me who was in that match. <laughs> that wasn't a four and three star. I, I remember he rated it. Like, I watched it at the time. I was like, that's not a fucking four and three quarter star match. Stop it. And I'm not trying to pick on Dave. But, you know, with Bretton Austin, people do forget, yes, the Austin legacy is obviously the greatest argument for why it should be number one. But it did win match of the year in a lot of polls in the same year that had the match I took number one. Uh, Eddie Ray, which is like the best WCW match of the decade. So it's not like it was like, well, you know, this was pretty good. And then, like, it got retconned. Like, it was recognized as probably the best match of 1997. I just think the legacy enhances it. Mm -hmm. For sure.
1: Yeah. Certainly two different ways to look at it. But I, I would rank these two matches, the ones we're talking about, WrestleMania 13 and 25, those would be for sure my top
3: two WrestleMania matches of all time. So... The only other match you could argue would be better than 25 for me, and I, and I don't. For the record, I think this is number three, would be brett Owen. It's mm-hmm. yeah. probably, probably number three, but I, if you said it was number two, I wouldn't beat you up or anything. Yeah.
1: All right, so Justin has WrestleMania 25. I'm going to close out round one, no surprise, by taking the rematch the next year in Arizona, WrestleMania twenty six. Don't think it's as good of a match as twenty five because it lost a little bit of the uniqueness factor. Although some would argue that the story going in was better. Yes. Yep. You know, so like the match itself isn't as good, but the story was better. Sean putting his career on the line, he really wants to be the guy to end the streak. Um, it was a really, really good match. I'm not trying to undersell <laughs> that or anything. It was very, very memorable. Um, you know, like Sean went after, uh, Taker's leg because Taker had injured his ankle early in the match and he used like all these different submission moves on him. Uh, we got the multiple finishers again, Taker kicked out of multiple sweet chin musics and the, the ending of the match is pretty iconic. Sean had taken, I believe two, two, two tombstones. Taker wanted him to stay down. He, like, slaps Taker in the face to bring it on. Taker gives him another jumping tombstone and pins him and ends his career. Well, except for that match in Saudi Arabia, which we won't talk about. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But this was, like, a great end to Sean's career proper. It should have been. It's an awesome match. I I have to close out round one with this, but I I do agree that the story going into this one was was much more strong. But even at the time, I didn't think the match was as good as twenty five. But it's it's right behind it.
0: On Michaels, you almost broke the streak, but you failed. Undertaker, nothing lasts forever. Nothing in a WrestleMania is going to be an image of the heartbreak kid ending undefeated streak. Shawn Michaels' obsession will cause him to pay the ultimate price. The ultimate price of defeat will be the end of HBK's storied career. This has been my life for over 25 years. you think that I'd risk everything if I didn't know I could beat you. The most anticipated
2: All I want in life is to have... I need to do something where somebody can play a video package with placebo running up that hill playing in the background.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Here you go. The character work Sean did with his obsession getting this rematch was so tremendous at the time. Like, how pissed off he was when he lost in the Rumble. Mm Mm-hmm. Previous. And then, like, him costing Taker in that elimination chamber. And just... Overall, the character—I mean, not just those two solitary events—I just thought was absolutely tremendous. It was some of the best character work he did, I think, in his second act with WWE. Yeah.
1: What are your memories of this one, Alfred?
4: I was going to bring up the Royal Rumble. I actually, because when covering the Royal Rumble, I rewatched a bunch of the Royal Rumbles, and that one stuck out to me because it was the year that Shawn Michaels is obsessed with The Undertaker, he did such a good job in the little time he was in that Royal Rumble, telling that entire story from you know eliminating Triple H to when he got eliminated by Batista, just super kicking all those referees and just like a madman. And it, that would have been a very easy role to overplay, but Shawn Michaels was brilliant.
1: I got to say, Kyle, that you know you were very vocal off air, that you didn't want spot four, you didn't like that spot, but more I think about it, you won the last draft and you had spot four, so maybe I'm in a strong position here. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> but before we get to round two, we do got to pay the bills. And I got to sh- throw a shout out to our good friends over at BetOnline. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So as the second round starts and I have the first pick, I might anger Kyle with this pick a little bit. Not because he wanted the match, but because he thinks the match is overrated. We've talked about this in oh. the past.
0: Oh, I thought I convinced you
3: about Rushmore.
1: <laughs> I'm going back to it. And some of it has to do I mean, he reveres this match. Taker does. We saw the frame picture. I gotta go WrestleMania 28, the Hell in a Cell, Triple H. And The Undertaker basically concluding a four-year story that started at 25 with HBK and 26. And then then Hunter and Taker had the match at 27, which was nowhere near as good as this one, the Hell in the Cell, the end of the era match. The crowd was on the edges of their feet, you know, uh, I, uh, edges of their seat, I should say. I think there were so many scares going through that crowd that the streak actually was going to end. You had Shawn in there as the guest referee. I mean, who can forget that spot where Shawn hit the super kick into the pedigree? I mean, people people thought that this match was po- possibly going to be the first loss for Taker at WrestleMania. Of course, some of that is playing into what people have thought about Triple H over the years and beating people as well. And they thought, yeah, of course, it's going to be Triple H that beats Taker. Uh, but, I mean... I think that this is one that has aged very well also. And like I said, it's obvious that the people involved revere the match. And it's one of the most important matches in their careers to them. So who am I to argue with Triple H and The Undertaker when it comes to the work that they did here? The iconic shot at the end where they're all standing on the stage together. I think it's a solid pick to start off round two. So I'm going WrestleMania 28. What do you think of that, Kyle? Kyle?
3: I want to tell you something right now. I don't care if the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels and Triple H walked in my office right now. I tell them they're all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I think this, I think the fact that Meltzer gives us the same rating as the two Shawn matches is offensive. (laughs) This match is notably worse than the two Shawn matches. Um, And maybe I'm on an Island, but I'll die on that Island by myself. Okay. (laughs) Tom Hanks style, or actually he got rescued, didn't he? So maybe that's a bad analogy. Um, There was a lot going on in this match that just didn't make sense to me. Was it Hunter trying to end the streak? Was it Hunter trying to avenge his friend getting retired? Was it the end of an era? I don't know, man. I just – this match was significantly lower on my big board, and I knew I was not going to take it this draft.
1: Maybe I'm I'm pandering to the voters because I think – the fan base out there really likes this match. And when they see that I have this one and 26, I'm feeling good about where I'm going to
3: stand in this vote. We'll what see what I think the fans are wrong too, if they believe it. <laughs> I, so for the last three days, when you told me we were going to have a guest on, I was like, God, I hope Alfred doesn't take this match. Cause I will just be quiet. And I don't want to like <laughs> shit on like our guests. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I think, of all the matches that go in this draft, this is the most overrated. <laughs> I knew you would. That's
1: why I threw it to you first. Alfred, what do you make of this match? We've never heard I your opinion.
4: I this match is one that I almost took. It was between this and the mankind match. <laughs> I will argue that this match is underrated in terms of <laughs> – There oh, um, we go. does not get – the the praise that it deserves for being literally one of the greatest matches in WWE history. <laughs> People remember it in this bubble as oh, it was a great WrestleMania match. Oh, it stole the show that year. No, 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 no. <laughs> this was the end of a four year build in a company that never does that. And, yes, there was a lot going on in that match, but I have no problem in this having the end of an air and having Shawn Michaels involved, having Triple H, because this is your blow-off to a four-year storyline. And they executed it perfectly. And there was a uh, meta concept to this match. There was a meta aspect that I never, for one second, believed HBK was ending that streak, as great as those two matches were. There was always this overlying thought that, like, oh, man, Triple H could put himself over here. And that, I think, helped make those matches better. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle. it was
3: there was a meta element to it. And it was three old men masturbating to themselves oh, oh God,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, thank you for backing me up because I think this is a hell of a pick to get at the start of the second round. Justin, you disagree. what do you think
2: uh i there's a good chance I probably would have taken it had you not um I don't know if there's a more hold my breath moment than that sequence with the super kick to the pedigree of thinking the uh streak was gonna end
3: why did he do it though if they were all celebrating at the end i don't think this match made a damn lick of sense
1: (laughs) hey man it's drama it was great for what it was i like it you you did almost sway me on that hell in a cell show we did last fall but i've kind of gone back and i i think it deserves the place it has i'm sorry to say we'll respectfully disagree kyle i love it. (laughs)
3: I'm sorry.
1: I love you. Uh, Justin, what do you got?
2: Uh, Well, I'm going to skip two matches that are out there right now on my big board that are available and grab what I have ranked as number eight. That's an odd strategy. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Well, it's because these, these Hell in a Cell matches are just flying off the board. So. I think I'm going to grab a Hell in a Cell match uh, with one of Undertaker's all-time greatest opponents, Brock Lesnar. No Mercy 2002. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's losing his shit.
4: <laughs> Which Hell in a Cell match are you talking about? The one in, uh, the, from way back in the day in 2003?
2: Yeah. Uh, no Mercy 2002. 2002. Um, there's a, a little bit of recency bias. I literally just watched this last night uh and and just thoroughly loved it it is such a good match uh you know lesnar is really good in it when he's holding on at the top of the cage and undertaker's on the top rope and he's just kicking them with both legs just trem- i i'm not sure about the build up to the match it was kind of weird with with some of the uh undertaker's ex-wife stuff uh but a really really fun and uh bloody hell a cell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny, you watched that
1: last night because I was actually watching it this afternoon uh the the family was gone, my two kids and my wife, and my wife and kids got home as Lesnar started bleeding you know very badly. there were some big shots of him bleeding all over the place, and I had to turn it off because of that I didn't want my
3: <laughs> two young I mean, children Taker, to see it. I mean it. taker's the one I mean like that's like a frick an all timer
1: yeah no, but Lesnar early was bleeding that's oh. that's that's where I was at I think at the time but yeah,
3: Paul Heyman even blades in this thing yeah Mm-hmm. mm-hmm Um, this is the match I would have taken if I was Ryan at number five. And to Justin's point about the build, I think what has hurt this match historically. And if you compare it to the deal with Sean in 97, where they did the non finish at ground zero the month before the non finish, these two guys did at unforgiven 2002 was super lame. And I think that's kind of this going in and why it maybe doesn't get the respect it deserves in some circles um it was a totally weak finish they did but they more than made up for it here i i love this match i would have taken it had just not taken it yeah solid pick all right uh that leaves it to you alfred what do you got
4: Well, uh, this might be the only Undertaker WrestleMania match on my list, but we'll see about that. Uh, I've got to go with uh, a match that I think has been overlooked in recent years. Undertaker versus CM Punk at WrestleMania 29 in New York. Uh, I was there live, one of the most insane live environments I've seen for a match. Um, I I, I remember that match stole the show, and it was the best match on that card on a year where everybody went to see the the Rock versus John Cena rematch, and this blew it out of the water. Uh, it was just such a well-worked match, and we were talking about the build-up earlier. It's very unforgettable build-up, very controversial with CM Punk <laughs> using the Ashes, of Paul Bearer. Uh, a lot of people were pissed off at that, but I-, I thought it was an excellent artistic pursuit by CM Punk, and it paid off with a great match.
1: I love that pick, and I just did a column a couple days ago on The Undertaker's den- uh, 10 best matches over at Comic Book, and this was on there. I, I am a huge fan of this match. As you said, very controversial build, but super memorable. Best match of that show, in my opinion. So, yeah, I can't argue with that.
2: I uh, I just watched this the other night, too. Um, it's actually one of the matches that I just referenced uh, kind of skipping over on my big board uh, in order to take that Lesnar match. It, great match. Another great moment uh, where you think Punk might get the win after hitting Taker with the urn. Uh, incredible.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You like this match, Kyle?
3: Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> just check it. You know, I didn't think Punk was going to win, um, but no, it was, it was really good. Yeah, it was. It was. T- it's the last great WrestleMania match that he had. Yes,
4: that's his last great WrestleMania match. Well mm-hmm. put. Yeah.
3: okay what do you got to close out round two? <sighs> I was really hoping someone was going to take this match. Match, So I could get the no mercy match as I plotted this out, but, um, I guess this is the right match to take in this spot. Uh, I'll go with edge SummerSlam 2008. I think that's the best match of that feud. I don't like the video package edge overacted a lot during that period. I don't know if I remember it to be honest with you. It's a really bad video package. I mean, WWE is really good. But like you watch, you're like, all right, yes, we get it. You're conflicted. You're so psychotic. We get it. But uh, they had a very good match uh, at SummerSlam 2008. And I think most people I know, you, Ryan, had it among your top ten in your column. You did over a comic book. And uh, it deserves to be up there. It was it was really good. All
2: right. The, yeah. uh, the first hell in the cell of the kind of the PG era, correct?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to laugh so hard when I take my next bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I was thinking, like, as you pick that one, you're like, oh, I guess this is the right pick. I'm thinking not a lot of, not I lot actually, of confidence.
3: I, 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 I hate my draft already. I've <laughs> lost this draft.
2: <laughs> hey, Ryan, when you post this poll, will you make sure to uh, add that comment also to it? <laughs> Kyle no, this sucks, i me. hate this poll i hate
1: this draft i hate my draft i've lost yes all right well you got two in a row kyle so what do you got to start yeah, I, I didn't
3: want number this is why i didn't want number one um because I, but i also feel like i'm drafting you know to try to win a poll you know what i'm gonna take here <laughs> triple h <laughs> wrestlemania 27 you son no! of a what the hell <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable I like Um, this match better than the WrestleMania 28 match. What
1: a heel turn right
3: there, I tell you. The kick out of Triple H's tombstone is an all-time great moment. Yes, yes. Uh, I I would put it right up there, if not ahead of the super kick into the pedigree. Maybe I'm again in the minority on that one. But no, I actually like this match better than 28 considerably. I, I would put it, in terms of WrestleMania matches, I think... It and the punk match that Alfred took, um, or kind of neck and neck, I would give Punk a little bit of a a nod in that regard, but no, I'll i t- I'll take WrestleMania seven against Triple H. Now at least I can say I have a WrestleMania match uh on my draft board. And who can argue with that? There you go.
1: I I don't like it as good as twenty eight, but it is a good match. And uh, I'm shocked that you took it, Kyle. I'm not gonna lie. But I can't I can't argue with it. You know, starting out oh, round three, what?
3: that's a pretty that's a pretty solid value pick right there. Was this the match? Correct me if I'm wrong. My God, I believe someone has been shot in Valley View, Ohio. I don't know if you guys heard that. <laughs> I but, heard uh, it. There, there, there been, I don't I, you know I, I don't know what happened, but you know, if you hear of a homicide in Valley View, Ohio, you guys just heard it live. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what the hell just happened. But Triple H, Undertaker. Let, let, let's focus on the athletes, folks. Uh, I believe this was the match that born the pointing at the WrestleMania sign gimmick, right? Because remember the angle that started out, Undertaker returned, and then Triple H returned, and they just like looked at the WrestleMania sign and pointed at it, and that's how they did their match.
1: Hmm. Sean and uh, Undertaker never did that?
3: I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not sure, though. I, I don't know. It could be. Yeah, I mean, it was just like literally two dudes just nodding at a WrestleMania side. And it's like, my God, I guess they'll work at WrestleMania. Hmm.
1: Okay. i
4: trying to think. I don't think it was done before that either.
3: And per Meltzer, they were not originally supposed to even work. You, know, Despite the logic of Triple H working, Taker following Shawn doing it two years in a row. Um, Go back and read the Observers I did this morning. They were supposed to work singles matches against Sheamus and Wade Barrett respect triple H was going to work Sheamus and Taker was going to work Wade Barrett at the WrestleMania. And I guess triple H and Taker looked at the WrestleMania card and said, uh, uh <laughs> we'd rather work each other. I kind of, I kind of remember that now that you bring
1: that up, I do remember the Wade Barrett part thinking that that would have been an odd match <laughs> even at the time. But yeah, it makes sense.
2: It's a, it's not undertaker related, but I think, and you're not going to see it on the network, but this might be my favorite triple H entrance with Metallica. Yeah,
4: yeah. That was the, who for whom the bell tolls. Yes, yes, yes. entrance.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: All right, Kyle. Can't argue with you there. That was also the only redeemable part of WrestleMania 27. A terrible show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the
1: best. That's for sure. All right, Alfred. What do you got?
4: I- I'm surprised this fell to me. I really thought it'd be gone by now. So this is kind of a value pick: The Undertaker versus Batista at WrestleMania 23. Uh, I think it was uh, it was an excellent match because on paper it didn't look like it was going to be that great of a match. The Undertaker, it was kind of getting older and slower. And Batista, as big of a star as he was, was not renowned as a great worker. They put that match in the middle of the show because you could tell they didn't think it was going to be a good match. And they absolutely, I mean, I think that might have been the best match on WrestleMania 23. Uh, because I really didn't like the John Cena, uh, Shawn Michaels match that made event of that year. So Undertaker versus Batista, I thought it was a great match. They worked their asses off.
1: Yeah, this was one of the first times where you could actually say Taker kind of had a great match at WrestleMania. You know, if you look at all of his matches on Mania's before this, except for maybe one, which might be picked at some point. uh, You know, they were usually like not great in-ring matches. Sometimes the story was pretty good. I, you know, I guess the flair match was all right, but not... Not like a four-plus-star match, usually. And this one was really good. I I agree with you on all points. I think it exceeded expectations by everyone's standards. And it is in the discussion for best best match WrestleMania 23. So, yeah,
3: I like the pick. And who could forget the story of Batista reportedly walking backstage after that match and yelling, Top this! Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) That's always one of my favorites. Um! So part of the reason I was kind of bitter about having to take the edge match is because I wanted to make a point later in this draft that I think the Batista feud that Taker had in 2007 is really just as good as the edge feud in 2008. Um, It was a great clash of the Titans type deal, Mm. you know, even though both guys were baby faces, usually it doesn't work. Um they had multiple good matches across 2007, Not just this, but they, you know, maybe these will get taken later on. They had a last man standing match the next month that was a non-finish. Uh neither guy could answer the bell, and they had a hell of a cell match at Survivor Series that was really good. I really liked Undertaker and Batista. They had good chemistry.
1: Mm-hmm. Any uh any thoughts for you, Justin, on this one?
2: Uh no. I I guess it, it was one of the first Batista matches I actually really, really, really liked. It, it's actually probably the match that sold me on Batista.
3: Okay, yeah, that's fair. All you know, that crazy man, Dave Batista's an absolute treasure. Oh, love Dave
1: Batista! <laughs> Everyone loves Dave Batista these days now. Well,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you got, Justin? What's next? Well, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this match because it is. It's just it's just fun. It's just a fun match to watch. I am absolutely disgusted with myself that I'm going to have two biker taker matches on my draft. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm going to go with the triple threat Vengeance oh. 2002 uh, versus Rock and Angle. I just watched this the other night and it, it, it is, I had forgotten how much fun and how fast and frantic that match is.
1: Yeah, I had this on my top ten on comic book, and this probably would have been one of my picks if you hadn't taken it. So thanks a lot. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome match. I yeah, I can't disagree at all.
3: Good stuff. My only quibble is I hated how they inserted angle into it, so Taker didn't lose the title. Like well, I mean he lost the title, but he didn't lose the title by getting pinned. That was like the only quibble I would have with this. Otherwise, this is a really forgotten yet great triple threat match in company history.
4: It's so crazy that it was forgotten because I remember that match. And I remember the weeks of television after that match for not even weeks, for months, Jim Ross was produced to say, this is the greatest triple threat match of all time. He would say that over and over. So you'd think the legacy of this match would build up, but yeah, it is forgotten. And that's, I mean, I don't know why, because it was really that good of a match.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know who's really good at that match? The rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a tremendous performer this guy was.
1: <laughs> Who knew? <laughs>
3: yeah. I'll yeah. Take.
1: Set up the great set up the greatest summer slam of all time too the next month. So yeah, that's Yeah. Solid a solid pick, Justin. Can't disagree. So I guess that leaves me good to close out round three. The next highest match I have on my board. I'm I'm looking down the list, literally, the next one I have. Randy Orton. Undertaker, WrestleMania 21. I thought this was a really fun match. You had Orton, you know, taking on. This is during the, the whole Legend Killer period. Uh, there's a great moment in this match where Randy goes up for a choke slam and turns it into an RKO. You had Randy's dad come out, <laughs> Cowboy Bob, trying to get involved. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Randy go for a tombstone? And then uh, Taker like reverses it into a tombstone of his own and gets the pin. Yes. I think I think that's how it ends. I just think it was a really fun match. It again shows that Taker always had his best matches with the smaller opponents. We mentioned the CM Punk match earlier, of course, Shawn Michaels, uh, even Edge, and here you got Randy Orton, a young Randy Orton in 2005. Uh, you know, at this point in time, he had already had the time with Evolution and stuff, but. I think that this really helps cement Randy Orton as a top-tier player to have this great match with The Undertaker on a WrestleMania. So I'm going WrestleMania 21, Orton-Taker. What do you guys think of that match?
4: I love the match. Okay, I'll, I, I'll always remember that great spot with... Uh... The choke slam into the RKO, it's mm-hmm. one of those. Yes. The fun thing about the streak is you never think it's going to end until you think it's going to end, you know, until you're yeah. in the match yeah. when something happens that like, makes everybody go crazy and your lizard brain kicks in. And that's one of those few moments where when he did that, I was like, oh, my God, they're putting this kid over the Undertaker. And so that was a great match.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strictly build-wise, I think this was the first time I thought they might end the streak.
4: Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there
2: a lot of matches afterwards where they had moments where you might think it in. But this was the first time like the build was centered around uh, you know, the legend killer ending the streak. Mm. Yeah, this
3: was kind of the first time that it was all about ending the streak because they did the legend versus legend killer gimmick, because the year before this was when he returned returned as the dead man against Kane. And they'd played up the streak. But yeah, this was like kind of the first streak match. I was kind of salty that Randy Orton lost, to be quite frankly. But you know my opinion about Randy Orton and WrestleMania. The (laughs) things I would have done with him. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, for sure. Would have had him retire Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was
1: a great show, by the way. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, this puts me in a difficult situation because now I'm already to my last pick as I start round four. And I've got several that I'm considering because I have a chance to get a Shawn Michaels match in here. But I see some other matches on my... Big Boar that are probably better matches, technically speaking. Yeah, you know what the hell. I'm going ground zero. Shawn Michaels in your house. (laughs) Shawn Michaels Undertaker. It starts the story to get to the Hell in a Cell, which went, you know, number one overall. I I think if you factor in story here, it's just remarkable that they kept these guys apart for as long as they did. We've talked about this on the show before, I think, um, in our in-your-house look back. But, like the fact that these guys were in the company for like seven years together and they never really worked a major program. And then you go into that SummerSlam 97 match with Sean as the guest referee, freaking awesome end of that match. That is such a great sequence where Brett spits on Sean. You get the, you get the chair shot. Boom. Sean costs the undertaker the match. You get their first big pay-per-view match at ground zero. It's really the last, uh, classic in your house show with like the stage with the house and everything and they fight all the way up to the stage in the match all hell breaks loose and it sets the stage for them having the rematch the next month at bad blood the first ever hell in a cell match uh really just a like a three-month story there and since this is out there i'm taking it in your house ground zero thoughts on this match
3: i really like it a lot i think it's underrated, you know, because everyone focuses on the Hell in a Cell match the next month. This is a really, really good match. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going
4: this build to the Hell in a Cell, I love how they got out of this match where nobody really got beat. They just kind of beat the hell out of each other until it took the entire locker room to kind of separate them. And it really made you want to see another match. It didn't feel like they were weaseling their way out of a finish. It was just these two guys. You know, they couldn't be contained. All these wrestlers came out, and then that led to the Hell in a Cell. So psychologically that's perfect.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Yeah. to my earlier point with, you know, kind of the lame setup they did the month prior with Undertaker and Lesnar in 2002. This is probably, unless someone has something better they can remind me of, the best non-finish in a main event in WWF pay-per-view history. Yeah. I mean, can someone think of one better off the top of their head? Hmm. non-finish no definitely not I yeah think like so. just like a double where they do it like it, it, it felt World like
4: World versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell.
3: I don't even remember what happened
4: no come on I'm just kidding that was a match oh my god. <laughs> oh you mean the Fiend oh
3: my oh, goodness yeah. the stoppage right now? yeah <laughs> Stop it. oh my god Oh, I'm getting short of
1: breath.
4: But <laughs> you I'll Kyle ranted on that show conference. for
1: like a half hour on our review oh, of
3: that I'm pay-per-view. Gonna go
4: find it. I'm going to go find it after the show.
3: <laughs> I was thinking you were talking about some random 2016 match. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yes, yes, the, yeah, fiend. the Fiend. But, no, you're right. This was the kind of non-finish that makes you want to see a rematch. I, I You know, we we were all very – wasn't Zach Hadorn the one who did the show with us, the In Your House, Brian? Yes, yep. We were all pretty high on that match. And I, I think more people need to be higher on it. It's better than it's given credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel pretty
1: confident about that. Now I have two Shawn Michaels matches on my out of my four. So I, I'm happy with my results. You guys got picks left. Justin Joint, what do you got?
2: Well, this is where I probably lose the draft. but I, But I'm going to take something that is significant, that is special and great to Undertaker's career, that really rounds it out. I'm going to take the 2007 Rumble match. It was the only Royal Rumble that he won. It had uh, what I enjoyed, the, the final four with Orton and Edge. Uh, and then you basically had kind of the beginning of the new HBK and Undertaker feud, where they essentially yeah. had their own match at the very end of the Royal Rumble.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a great pick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone down that road, and I see, the, uh, I see why you would, though.
3: Yeah. I was wondering if Justin Joint was going to do that, actually. This is one of the four top Rumbles of all time. I think this there also, are four Rumbles that are significantly better than the pack, and this is one of them. Yeah.
4: I thought it was the greatest final two in the world. I, I've always pined to see like a mano mono mano showdown for even like 15 minutes of just two guys trying to win the Rumble, and this is the closest we ever got to that, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. WWE does not capitalize on the drama of the final two in a Royal Rumble as much as they should. No, right, especially. Up to that point, they had like it was always like yeah. they
3: were running out of pay per view time, and they had to like do it in like thirty seconds. Mm-hmm.
4: Right, right, and really, the like, past five years of the Royal Rumble have just been Roman Reigns versus somebody else, and the guy eliminates Roman Reigns within five minutes.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, that's the same Roman Reigns they're trying to get over as to the top baby face too.
4: What <laughs> are these? Games.
1: Yeah.
3: Because because that's going to help acknowledging that oh well well yeah we're going to get this guy over as a baby face by throwing out Roman but we still want to get Roman over as a yeah. top baby so that's mixed messaging.
1: <laughs> Justin, I'm looking at your card, your four matches here, man. You might have a chance when this goes to the polls. We'll see, but uh, that's a nice pick, Alfred. What do you got?
4: Okay, this this is going to either win or lose me this uh, draft, but I feel very strongly about this. I feel like this match may age very well. Uh, to what we've been led to believe, this was The Undertaker's last oh, match ever. It, and it was like nothing I've ever seen. I'm taking the Boneyard match nice. from this year at WrestleMania. <laughs> I uh, like it. Uh, you know, I was, we were still fresh to the idea of a cinematic match. So at the time it happened, as numb as we may beat the cinematic matches now... That's not what I expected this match to be. And I was just blown away by creatively how this was. And I just feel if I'm thinking of like all the great Undertaker matches that I truly enjoyed, I want one from my adulthood that I was able to really enjoy knowing what I know about the business and being jaded. And I I just this made a little kid out of me.
1: Very nice. Yeah. I considered this, to be honest with you. I was thinking about even the last round because uh yeah it's 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 solid all around. it was obviously different. I think it's the best cinematic match that we've seen still yeah. and uh yeah good pick Kyle boneyard match what do you think would you have taken it? I next? figured someone was gonna take it yeah
3: <laughs> I'm just very excited because I got somehow this match to fall to me, and I had it number ten on my big board. I was. Very scared that I wasn't going to get it. I almost debated it taking with my last pick. First wow. pick in round three, and I got it with the last pick of the draft. So I'm very excited here. Okay, what do you got? Uh, Kurt Angle, No Way Out 2006. Mm. This is a match that is absolutely beloved at cage match. I was shocked by the Ray. I mean, they had this, like, one of the Undertaker's five best matches ever. I'm not going to go that high. But... I rewatched it for this draft, and you know we talked about the number of Hell in a Cell matches, obviously, that have gone in this draft. You know that you know that's kind of like, as far as you know, Taker's obviously gone done a lot as far as making that particular gimmick match famous. But as far as a straight wrestling match goes, outside of the two matches with Sean at Mania, I'd put this up. With his best straight wrestling matches that he's ever had. This is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2006 was not a great year for the World Wrestling Federation. I don't think anyone would think it is. But this was probably the best match of the year in the company.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to, hard to debate that. I see it's got four stars in the Observer. But yeah, the 9.24 rating on Cage Match, which is incredibly high. I don't think I've seen this match since it aired. But yeah, very very highly regarded. They also had a match in on SmackDown in 03 that's pretty
3: highly ranked. Yeah, I you know, I watched those back to back. Um this was the better match by the way. Just cuz I don't no one took anything from 2003 Undertaker. Undertaker's entrance music in 2003 was absolute cow dumb. That song guy Alfred, I'm sorry if it's your favorite song. Okay, I really am. No, it's not. That song smelled like ass. man You know that You know, I think he had that in No Way Out
1: or uh No Mercy. No two too. I was like, what kind of
3: third rate? New metal
1: ass is that song. <laughs> There's that new metal again. Uh oh, he he had that uh that theme at uh the no mercy O2 match, by the way. I noted I noted that right off the yeah. top when I watched it. Yep. Oh, Didn't he right Ray, oh. Ray Justin?
2: Yep. That's yep. correct. Yeah. <laughs> Dead men walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is not great. It is definitely <laughs> not
3: great. I'm not a huge fan of that whole biker t- taker era. Either the thing with the SmackDown match you know, that was like made it noticeably worse than this one is like it had a terrible finish. The SmackDown, it was a TV finish with Lesnar running in mm. and hit with chairs. This at least had a real finish to it, and it was worked really unique. There aren't a lot of Undertaker matches worked in this kind of catches, catch Ken style, um, like this one. I mean, I know you, you're gonna have to endure Michael Cole proclaiming him the greatest pure striker in the history of the WWE a lot in this match but um you know it's certainly debatable but uh no really good match. Yeah. All
1: right, well that's a nice pick I think to round it all out. So we've we've all had our four picks now. I will certainly put this out on social media. We will see who takes it home and Alfred, I'll let you know how the results shake out. <laughs> but Okay, uh,
4: I'll be sure to retweet it. Out of out of good sportsmanship, even if I lose, I will share the results with everybody.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Love to hear it. This is S- a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so Alfred, tell, tell the listeners where they can find you and what you got going on.
4: Uh, follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling Bits, New Bits Weekly, just mini documentaries, a lot of fun. Uh, so just follow me on Twitter, go on Forbes and look at my sports writer profile under Alfred, K O N U W A.
1: Very nice. now, you've been with, how long have you been with Forbes now? Because I've been reading your work for years, it seems like.
4: Oh, I appreciate it, but since 2015 with Forbes, uh, I was with Bleach Report, and then I went to Forbes, so I, uh, I've been covering wrestling for 10 years now, in terms of writing for Bleach Report and Forbes.
1: Okay, yeah, very nice. Well, it was awesome to have you on the show, I really appreciate you uh, coming on, and uh, the dialogue we had tonight was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on in the future.
4: I'd love to come on, just name a time and date, this is a lot of fun, guys.
1: Awesome. and uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Kyle, where can the listeners find you? At TRP Kyle. And Justin? Uh, at Justin Joy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm at Ryan Drosty, D R O S T E. Find the show at Top Rope Nation. We're also on Instagram by the same username and Facebook as well. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, check the Patreon page for our classic show on King of the Ring 93. Leave us those written reviews on Apple if you want to get your free sticker in the mail. And of course, we're bringing back the mailbag segment. If you got a question you want us to talk about on the show, nation at gmail.com. If we read your question on the air, we'll send you one of those Top Rope Nation stickers in the mail as well. So with that said, this has been The Undertaker Draft, episode 154 of Top Rope Nation. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you guys next time.